0: everyone. I am Douglas C. E. Welch, and welcome back to My Word. We're going to call today's episode on books. This is part of our Dog Days of Podcasting 30-Day Podcasting Challenge, uh, and I've gone far and wide, well, actually only up to the living room, to talk with our guest today. Our guest is Dr. Roseanne Welch, and we're talking with her about her essay, which was recently published in Doctor Who and Race, an anthology that was published out of Australia, correct? Yes. So tell us, first of all, what is Doctor Who and Race all about?
1: Um, It's pretty much what the title says. It's a collection of essays and scholarly articles by professors and graduate students around the world, actually, uh, having to do with how race has been presented on the Doctor Who program in its 50 years in existence.
0: Doctor Who seems, for some people, I'm sure, a bit frivolous for an academic study, don't you think?
1: Well, a lot of people say that, and of course, as a television program, it's studied by television um, professors around the country. But I found out through being involved in this project that there are a lot of people who look at it in many other ways. The woman who edited this book and who put the concept together is a professor named Lindy Orthea out of Australia, actually. Um, She's at the Australian National Center for the Public Awareness of Science, And she had been writing about how science is represented on the program and how children or other audience members come to get involved in science through the program. And so it made her, you know, study the show more. And eventually her brain turned toward what she was seeing as a viewer in terms of how race was represented.
0: Hmm. So, what's your specific essay about in the book?
1: Uh, She put out a call for people to write about. Race and the program, and it made me laugh because I learned from doing it that I have a very American centric version of the definition of race. I immediately decided to study how um, characters of African descent were portrayed on the program. Uh, and sent that in, and it was interesting to her. And as I started to see the other stuff that came through, I realized, oh my gosh, people were talking about how Asians are represented on the program and how uh, people of other colors are represented and how natives are represented and how colonization is represented. And there's even you know, work on whether or not Peter Davison in his cricket costume was representing an era of English colonization that shouldn't be glorified. So there were a lot of different versions of race that had never occurred to me as an American, and I felt very sad about that.
0: Well, you know, that's a, that's what they often say about the UK, too, is is race is also tied up in their long-running class struggle in Britain that that, that colors a lot of stuff. I mean, in America, we like to believe we're a classless society, which, of course, isn't true, <laughs> but in the UK, class has always been a an even larger definition of society over there. And so it kind of gets bound up with that whole issue as well, doesn't it?
1: Exactly, exactly. And, you know, but then they don't have the same baggage we have regarding slavery, since they ended it earlier, and they were more open to interracial relationships much sooner than America was. So they're much, um, they're more comfortable in ways that we are not.
0: In some ways. I mean, one of the things I noticed during the 2005 reboot of Doctor Who was the colorblind casting, which to most Americans, I'm sure, seems very, very striking. It's noticeable to us. But after watching a lot of British television, it seems like it's much more commonplace there.
1: Exactly. I mean, I got lucky enough to interview Russell Davies a few years ago when he was bringing Torchwood to the United States. And we talked about the representation of race on television. And he had a really great quote, which I did use in my essay that had to do with how embarrassing it was for a TV producer to watch television and see how different types of people, and even here we're talking about now the elderly, talking about how women are portrayed on television, and he frankly feels like producers have to apologize for that. But in Britain, in the UK, in the BBC particularly, they have this policy of colorblind casting, so you see much more often an interracial relationship where that is not the reason the episode exists.
0: Now, your specific topic for your essay was you're comparis- comparing how the two major producers we've had since the reboot in 2005, Russell T Davies and Stephen Moffat, approach race in their scripts over the last, well, what I guess has been six, seven years now, right?
1: Exactly. It's, uh, it's teasingly called When White Boys Write Black Race and Class in the Moffat and Davies Eras or Davies and Moffat eras actually Um, and that's exactly what I looked at I assumed that because Moffat has a reputation for being a marvelously inventive writer I thought perhaps he would have done more creative things with the representation of race Um, but in looking at it I found out that no in fact it was Davies um, who treated race more three-dimensionally
0: Now do you think that comes from from Russell's obvious outness, the fact that he is gay, he writes gay characters, he included lots of gay characters in the reboot of Doctor Who, do you think that also allowed him more, more breadth in his racial per, uh, presentations of characters?
1: Well, sadly, I go to the very end of the essay, and that's kind of the phrase that I came up with at the very end. I kind of said, when I wasn't thinking about it, you know, um, is this... Is this something we can put off to the fact that he's a gay man, therefore a minority in his own right, working with television characters versus Moffat, who is not a minority in any way? Um, And I hope that's not true. But it did seem to be the case that Russell's characters were far more three-dimensional than Moffat's characters of color.
0: So what do you think that foretells for the future of both Doctor Who and television in general in regards to presenting race on, on film, on video, on the Internet these days?
1: Well, it's it's interesting because this is, again, a policy of the BBC, as I understand it, to be as colorblind in their casting as they can be. The United States doesn't have that kind of policy. It's a rare instance where a producer even thinks that on top of their planning. So, for instance, here, Shonda Rhimes, of course, is famous for colorblindly casting Grey's Anatomy and Scandal and all the other work that she's done. Um, but not everybody's jumping on that bandwagon, so... With only one or two shows doing it, it's not a trend of any kind, even though it needs to be.
0: They stand out by their very uniqueness, then. Exactly. So there's also something else special about this collection of essays, this book, Doctor Who and Race. Can you explain a little bit about that? Oh, well,
1: it was really nice of Lindy, Dr. Orthea, when she put it all together. I mean, we all know scholarly writing doesn't make much money at all. You're lucky if you get, you know, 8% off the cover price of the thing, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Get a free copy Um, of the
0: book or something. Yeah, Yeah. and when
1: you publish in journals and whatnot, you don't get paid at all. It's about a, a line on your curriculum vitae so that you look like you're involved in the work. Um, so there wasn't any expectation of doing this for money. So then the question is, but what happens to that small amount of profits? And Lindy could easily have kept the money for herself, all giant amounts of it. Uh, but she decided that she wanted to take an option that publishers offer, which is to give the money to charity. So she threw it out to all the contributors, uh, to see if any interesting charities popped up. She had her own choice which is, in the end, she picked her own choice and one other that came up from the group, and then we all voted on them, exactly. Um, hers was Avert, which is a charity in the UK that works on um, HIV, AIDS, awareness, and cures and such. And then from the group, of course, somebody tongue-in-cheekly recommended, but also, honestly, it's a good charity, uh, Medicine Without Frontiers. Uh, and so that, those are the two groups that are getting the profits from the book.
0: Well, that's a great way of, of, of kind of sharing the wealth uh, of a book you're doing about race and itself and finding a couple of good charities to present that out to. Uh, how many other essays are there in the book overall?
1: There's 22 total essays in the book, um, all by different people from around the world again, which is, I think, what was the really fun part of it. We each had to learn about writing for an audience that isn't necessarily the one we're used to writing for. So for instance, I was talking about, I was using a phrase that's relatively well known among American historians, the talented 10th, which is what W.E.B. Du Bois called um, the top 10% of African Americans in his day. And his philosophy was that they should be um, supported by the community so that they could go off into the world and make everybody else look good. Uh, and I assume everybody knows that, except when I use that phrase, they asked me to footnote it because in Australia they weren't as familiar with it. So that was kind of funny. Or I was describing Martha Jones, the first African-American character, um, who's a companion to Doctor Who, and they reminded me that I couldn't call her African-American because she's from Britain. <laughs> so everybody became people of... Um,
0: African African descent.
1: People of color or people of African descent. And that's a phrase I'm not used to using, so I had to keep repeating it over in my head.
0: Well, I think it's a great idea to use a show which has now been around for 50 years. We're celebrating the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who this year uh, with a great special coming up. It's amazing to be able to take a show that's been that long lived and use it as a basis for further discussion about a number of issues, including, in this case, Race. Thank you very much, Roseanne. If you'd like more information about Roseanne and everything that she does, including her other books, please visit RoseanneWelch.com. That's R O S A N N E W E L C H.com. I'm Douglas E. Welch. Until next time, keep reading, keep writing, and keep spreading your word around the internet.